Ruth Bentoven, and I'm the Creative Director of Encounters Arts. So you're the first person that we've interviewed as part of this series who has actually seen a copy of Lucy's yeah. book. I wonder if you could just give us some thoughts and some reflections firstly on, 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 on how you found it as a thing, but also why you feel it matters. Mm. I'm still on a high a week after from seeing the book and holding the book and the book launch which was, it really felt like a a line in the sand, a real key moment in the coming together of a huge amount of work that's happening sort of at the edges, at the margins, outside of the, what you might call the kind of mainstream um, arts institutions, or some of them are connected to that, but really crossing boundaries, crossing territories in different contexts and to see this body of work, you know, this 50, 60 contributors, to see it in this absolutely beautiful book. I mean, the book is one of those things that you just want to spend time with and I want to give it to absolutely everybody that I know and it's this really thick, chunky, beautiful visual book that's that you sort of dive into um, and as I've been reading it over the last week, what I love about it is that it's a bit like the practice itself. So it's quite lateral and you dive in and, you know, it's not one single author for one single page. On most pages, you'll find two or three references. And there's Lucy Neal's delicate um, crafting and weaving of a, of a story of this practice throughout it. And then in the pages about land or body or street there's many different voices and approaches so it's a real treasure treasure chest the book and really inclusive and I mean I just think it's absolutely beautiful and it's a real marker it's a real moment and personally for me um having been involved from the beginning really with the book and also sometimes it can be quite lonely doing this work that we do sort of on the edges it's really rich and fertile but it can be quite lonely or you can think I'm right out there on a coal face and um pioneering something but to see it in print and to if it really feels like oh okay that this is seen so it feels like something that has that has been there is suddenly brought into technicolour so it feels like this practice is is like saying hi you know here it is um yeah so I feel really proud and really excited it feels like it's now it's the beginning um can you tell us a bit about what you do some examples of the kind of work that encounters do um So we deliver projects, creative projects, that often at their heart bring people together to talk about who they are, their experiences, their memories, their stories, about a place very often. It's very often the work that we do is rooted in a place. Um, and the work brings people together to, in some way, reimagine or explore 
who or how they might want to be in the world in the future. So that in, in the form that they take is a range of different participatory um, projects that have different themes attached to them. So we tend to deliver work that focuses on the food and environment, some other projects and work that are more around voice, people having a voice, sharing their voice, having something to say, and then a, a body of work which is more focused on life transitions. And so, for example, in a food and environment strand of work, um, we've got a few projects that are live, but one project that we've done quite a lot over the years is a project called A Little Patch of Ground, which is a food growing and a performance project that we've done eight or nine times in different cities with different communities across the UK. And this is a project that I deliver in collaboration with Anne-Marie Colhane, who's an associate of Encounters and a colleague of mine. And this project... Um, started with us trying to explore how might we respond to issues of climate change, resource depletion, issues around food. So Little Patch of Ground brings together an intergenerational community to grow a garden together um, and to make a performance together about their feelings of their thoughts about where they live, their thoughts about the environment. Um, and so we run in parallel this kind of food growing and performance making and community building, and that's a that's a project. Um, so at any one time we might develop, we might go back to a project that we've done once before and redevelop it, or we might do a new project. So one project that we're working on at the moment in Torbay um, is called Museum of Now. That's a that's a collaborative project with a team of Encounters Associates who are working with a whole range of different community groups to make objects, talismans, um, through making with waste material but also with local material and local traditions of making with a whole range of different groups of people to, through making, talk about what's it like to live now and what are the kind of social and global and environmental issues that are happening in your life but doing that in quite a subtle or a gentle way so it's really just trying to meet people where they're at and through making say if you were making an object about this time then what what object would you want to make so it becomes a tool for a conversation um some of the projects we do are around creative consultation and engagement that's more in the voice strand of work where we often get commissioned by could be a local authority, could be a community group, voluntary sector group, to devise a process, often a space, a physical space, um, where we invite people to take part in leaving their thoughts or ideas um, through what we call a series of invitations to join in that allow people to add a trace of themselves and leave their thoughts about where they live often or this issue and recently we've did a whole consultation creative consultation program again in Torbay looking at aging it's a project called aging well where we worked with 100 volunteers and about a thousand people to ask them about their experiences of aging and then this was turned into a bid um, to the lottery 
and Torbay just secured this bid for six million pounds in order to go and look at how do we age well. So it's like that seed of conversation out in the community brings people together and then it, it can go in a number of different ways. So we do quite a lot of work like that. And we're also working on the Atmos project, which is great to be working where we live. Um, and that's the Atmos project is in Totnes. And that's a um, former Dairy Crest factory producing milk. And it was, it's been derelict for seven years. And the community led a campaign to try and bring it into community ownership, which they were successful um, on, on doing earlier, towards the end of 2014. And then we worked with the Totnes Community Development Trust um, as part of the Atmos Totnes project to set up and take over some of the former Dairy Crest offices and create a hub a consultation hub, an information hub in three or four different rooms um, that that about you know two thousand people came into to leave their thoughts and their visions about the town, and that's ongoing. Um, so in the voice work, that's about catalyzing ideas and opinions, and then this last bit of work, the kind of life transitions. Over the years, we've done stuff with boys and young men, taking them outdoors really looking at it, what is it to be a young person, a young man in the world at this time. Um, And we're doing a piece with with grandmothers at the moment because I've just become a grandma. So I kind of want to do it, explore a piece, bringing grandmas together from quite different geographical areas to really talk about what is the world that we're not going to see and what are we passing on to our children. So that's a range of work that's sometimes commissioned, which has quite a clear outcome, and then sometimes it's sort of artist-led where we'll get funding or we'll work with the community to do it. But all of it is about being socially or ecologically engaged work. Mm-hmm. It feels like having seen having seen some of the projects you do and seeing how you work, I, I always wonder, how, how do you get to be where you are doing what you're doing? What's the, is there a kind of a career path to it? Presumably, there isn't a. You can't do a degree in the kind of thing that you do. Socially, if if you can now, you couldn't. No, you you couldn't then. When I so so, how did you get here? I mean, I think there's there's more courses and possibilities to look at this work, and I'm hopeful with playing for time that in a few years' time there will be a degree, and there'll be a whole load of people who are being, you know, trained to do this work because this work is about you know working as if. The Earth Mattered, which is the strap line under Playing for Time that I love, you know, making art as if the world mattered. Um, so for me personally, how I got here is, you know, my I, I studied performing arts um, at Middlesex University, Poly at the time, and we, we were doing kind of music, dance and drama, but a lot of that course was focusing on making your own work. So it wasn't a drama school in that sense. The training, a lot of it was about... What are you trying to explore? What question are you asking? And how do you use theatre at that point to show that and to share that? And I was always quite interested in political theatre. You know, I come from quite a political family background. So, and I, I was very, I was quite involved in my student union and I was involved in youth politics when I was younger. Um, so I suppose for me, this sense of a feeling of responsibility or a feeling that... Um, I, I ha- that, that somewhere part of being a human being is to participate and to change something. 
And I also feel quite thankful for that. I was also brought up to think that actually the system isn't fixed, that things can change. Mm. So for me, I I studied um, that. I studied performing arts. And then I was always quite interested, more interested in political theatre, in in theatre that wasn't linear, that was quite multi-layered. And then I set up a theatre company called Louder Than Words originally in London, um, with some other artists and and I got very I got quite involved in making work that was responding and working with scientists a bit and um, but most of that work was in theatres making work for theatres but always I think it had a sort of sense of how do we ask questions about the world that we're in and quite often the form of the work I was making was the audience weren't just sitting down, it was more kind of total theatre or the audience were always quite active in that. I was always interested in that relationship between audience and participant. You know, what what is that relationship? And I suppose more and more and more for me, they then, you know, now I don't really have a difference between an audience and a participant, that is the work, but... So I suppose that was that was part of the, the, the work. And then in working with scientists, there was that always that what's beyond the world of theatre, you know, how how can I as an artist be responding to what's happening in the world at, at this moment in time? And when I discovered the kind of chaos theory, when I discovered non-linearity, you know, that for me meant, yeah, that my experience of the world is much more like that. And, and then I... And then, But I did get to a point about 15 years ago when I was in London where I just had an experience of putting in one funding application that was going to be involve a lot of different community members and it was part of my inquiry about how do we come to be who we are, which is an ongoing inquiry. And then we didn't get this funding because there was too many from that postcode at that time. So we'd scored on everything you need to score on and we didn't get it. And for me, that was a real moment thinking, this is madness, you know, we... We had the people, we had the communities, we had scientists that were going to be involved in it. And it was a real moment where I thought, I need to I need to get out of this system. I need to work outside of the black box. I need to work outside of a system where a critic can come and if they like your show, then you've got people queuing around the block. And if they don't, then it disappears. So there was something about the, the commodification or the commercialisation of art and theatre in a very small bubble that I'd had enough of Um, and so that's partly what kind of you know threw me out of that paradigm that 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 is still there Um, and but I, I think that what stayed present is is asking the question you know for me if you if you were to say what's at the heart of your practice it would be how do we ask a question and I think that's that's sort of been there um, and then I moved to Sheffield um, and fortunately got very involved in an organisation called LOCA, who are a creative development agency which was part of the council. And in a way, that's where I learnt my trade, my current trade, um, which was all about using creative tools to ask questions of communities about what they wanted um, and then I realised that lots of the skills I had actually could transfer that and actually I realised that there was a real issue around engagement, involvement, that the councils were wanting to ask people what they thought, but often it was quite tokenistically done. 
but that at that point the government had introduced a kind of any new developments, any new things need to consult the community, and it was a lot of quite tokenistic work was being done, and I got a, this a project with a with a colleague called Annie Raw. Um, and basically we spent 18 months delivering and designing a whole series of projects across the whole of Huddersfield that were about reaching and connecting people together to talk about where they live and that's where I learned massively and that's where I learned the key thing which is when you talk about a hard to reach group you really need to ask the question who are they hard to reach by because they're often totally not hard to reach by themselves so a lot of that work was around saying, OK, you want, to, you want to engage with the South Asian community and young people and your forum or, you know, you, you have to go to where people are. We, we have to design ways and invitations and methods that fit where people's routines and where, you know, we, we, we have to look at that community building, not say, I'm over here, come to me. And so I think that since then... Um, that you know that that's where my journey to this current current stage is and then there was a really transformative moment again um which was in 2004 where i saw this disused shop um kind of blinking at me i just moved to sheffield and you know it was this disused shop for sale for rent 50 quid a week and me and another artist called trish o'shea who'd been doing some of this kind of consultation work quite large scale that I felt, you know, I'm, I'm doing projects across the whole of Huddersfield. I also need to come back to that local to where I live. And this shop just kept, beautiful little shop. And we decided to put in for some research and development money from the Arts Council to take over that shop. And really that's when Encounters was born. And we got some funding and we were in this shop full time for five weeks. And we just had a ball, really. We had a very playful time of then combining these quite, you know, full-on skills that I'd learnt through kind of engaging people in action plans and strategy. It was quite strategic but creative. Um, And then suddenly there was this shop. So it was really about exploring participation. And that's also where I learnt that people really want to participate if you find the right way of inviting them. And in this shop, you know, hundreds of people came and it was that that's where, I suppose... That's where I learned, and that's where Encounters was born. And uh, we talked to um, John Jordan, and he 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 has this thing about uh, having an insurrectionary imagination, cultivating it. Was called insurrectionary yeah. imagination. <clears throat> to what extent do you see what you do as as revolutionary? What kind of depth of change do you see your work in Encounters trying to enable or bring about? <clears throat> there's a kind of like in the book. There's a spectrum of of from like he's like complete over the overthrow of neoliberal capitalism to other people who just want to connect people to nature and do where do you see yourself on that yeah, spectrum? Yeah, I mean, I think that um, I think for me <clears throat> that you know I I want deep change. You know, I think we need to transform deeply how we're living, um, how we the culture of community. Um, how we are, how we see ourselves, you know. Uh, but I think that, um, so, it, and I and I'm very inspired by Joanna Macy's spiral of change. So you know, I I feel passionate that the industrial growth system is crumbling and is falling apart and is, you know, 
and is having is destroying our culture and our society and our planet and I absolutely want to be part of making that transition to a life-sustaining society and that drives every single thing that I do as, a, as an artist um what I think is is, is where I, where I feel as encounters that we are trying to go to is that sense of you know in order to make that change what is it that needs to happen inside ourselves um to be to feel part of that change so quite a lot of work that we do is is around the Joanna Macy spiral is around the sense of coming from gratitude you know how can we be how can we acknowledge what we have and we might do that through you know a, a part of a project through an invitation in a shop through an activity you know that we're always kind of just let's check in what what can we be thankful for and you know and that and Joanna Macy talks about that as the radical you know the radical act of gratitude because if we really look at being grateful for what we have then we realize that there's so much that we don't need you know and that's quite counter to the system that tells us how much we we want to be in a state of needing so that that's that's revolutionary I feel to kind of to to really create a space where people can be thankful for what they have and then I think that most of and all of the projects we do have that element of despair work or honoring the pain for the world or how can we really look at some of the things that are uncomfortable how can we really accept and acknowledge that that we are connected to what's happening and we might do that through all sorts of activities or exercises depending on the group and quite gentle approaches some of it could be taking people out into nature but for us that would be in order to try and explore a sense of my interconnectedness or my identity so a lot quite a lot of the work we might do is around identity you know actually what's your ecological identity um, and how do you how do we guide people to that so there's that sense of or you know through showing films or videos or conversations just opening that space to say look this is what's happening in the world so it's quite a lot of our projects is is sort of awareness raising but it's not on its own it's coming you know it's coming through a whole process of being productive like growing or making or creating at the same time and looking at the destruction that's happening and then on that spiral of kind of okay so what seeing with new eyes what am i seeing what am i what am i seeing afresh um and often in a project there might be that space to vision to learn to observe to reflect and then always i'm interested in how do how do we as individuals but as communities start to look at what is my role what could my role be and that people are people are co-creating that it's it's about a collaboration so for me all that's quite radical and revolutionary in that sense because what i've seen often is that too often if there's a didactic kind of singular focus then it marginalizes other voices and it, you you create a polarity again in the, in that situation so i feel very strongly about change but i feel very strongly about m- meeting and supporting people where they are and that you know people need to be determining the changes that they want to see and that everyone's at different levels so continuously i'm looking i i question all the time you know is this enough is this right 
you know, is is this the calling right now, or how how can I have the most impact action? Um, so it's it can keep me awake at night, but that but I suppose that's the that's a, a sort of it's always self, others, wider world is the area of change and transformation that all of our projects um, would look to, to to cultivate. Great. And my last question was about... Um, so lots of transition groups will hopefully read this and, there's not, and some transition groups kind of incorporate an arts kind of perspective into what they do, but mm. a lot of them don't yet, and hopefully Lucy's book will help yeah. to enable that. What would any thoughts or advice you might have for transition groups uh, who might be inspired and after this two-month theme about the arts mm, to make mm. the arts more visible, more present, more interwoven with the work that they do? First of all, I would say by playing for time. You know, I, seriously, there's a there's we had a lot of discussion about this when we were when playing for time was being written. There's a whole chapter at the back that's called Recipes for Action. And as a group of artists, there were some people on a spectrum who were like, yeah, you know, everyone can, every, everybody and everybody can do this. And of course, I think everybody is inherently creative and everybody is an artist. And actually, life is, you know, life is practice and culture and how we live is creative. And art's got a bit over marginalised, you know, it's got, I, I, I never use the word art, actually, very, very rarely, because it's got such a bad reputation so a first thing would be to try and take the word art away from your own rubbish art teacher at school or you know poncy somebody or other who you know who you think oh that's the arty lot you know that that that's Tracy Emmons bed yeah we could debate Tracy Emmons bed <laughs> but not here right now um um and so that so there's something around buying the book and and we, we what we talked about was there is the real skill of a professional artist and, and a professional participatory, socially, ecologically engaged, relational artist, you know, those the, this this some of this practice that is in playing for time. There is a honed skill and professionalism and depth of attention that comes from a professional artist. And we are all inherently creative. Um and so in the recipes for action part of the book in playing for time what we talked about was you know how do we offer some of this practice out and how can we translate some of our learning and our knowledge into recipes and that's how it ended up was into recipes rather than do it like this so there's a real lot of recipes for holding a space running a project you know in some of the projects i've spoken about a little patch of ground We've put that into a recipe for how you might adapt that if you're thinking of doing a growing project. Think about adding in intergenerational. Think about perhaps weaving in some inner work. Think about how you could do add films in there. Maybe you could create performance. That's not saying you do it the same. It's just having a think about it. Or maybe you can hunt out some artists locally who are doing things and see if you can hook up with them. So I suppose I would say to, a, to also a transition group that, that working creatively is, we all have, and that's about, uh, you know, trusting your imagination, trusting what's possible. And it's very linked with transition in a way. It's linked with, 
you know, you're an artist, Rob. It's linked. It's you know, it's linked in that idea of that's that's a huge invitation. I would say, you know, that's that's part of what transitions about. It's a, it's an invitation for your own imagination and you and your own what's possible. So it feels that as the whole, you could say that transition is a participatory art practice. So I, I think inherent in that, but I also think that sometimes I I think that what the arts or creativity can do gets a bit marginalised to be, oh, it can make a nice poster or it can make an event be nice or it's kind of illustrating something. And I think that's a tiny usage of it, you know. It's it's something around if there's a challenge, if there's an area, if there's a sense of bringing a community together, if there's an issue, actually doing it creatively and maybe working with an artist can can get you miles so I suppose that would be my message would be find some artists to work with and trust your own creativity at the same time.